Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work and grab a free copy of the Creative on Purpose handbook at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest, Bernadette Jiwa. Welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more. Hi, I'm Bernadette Jiwa, friend of Scott's, and I am at the moment working on a story skills workshop uh, at Akimbo with Seth Godin, and I help people to find, own, and tell the stories that set them apart. You can find more about me at thestoryoftelling.com. Fantastic. So we just put the wrap on the first beta edition of the Story Skills Workshop. It was an exciting ride. Uh, lives were changed for the better. And so we're going to start with just some really easy questions, Bernadette. For instance, what is story and why is it important? Well, you know, a story is catalyst for change. We think that stories are just about telling people what we do. We think we're, they're just about broadcasting our message. But with the real secret about stories is they tell us something about ourselves. And we don't do enough to explore our own stories and understand our own values so that we can tell better stories in the world. What do you think are some of the the, the challenges that, you see most people have with trying to tell their story and trying to make that change happen? I think we saw some of those in the workshop, Scott, which are, uh, is this idea that we don't have a big enough story to tell? And what we left the workshop with is, do you have a small enough story to tell? Um, because it's those small moments in your life and in your experience that not only inspire others, but also inspire you. Yeah, well, one of the things that's a real theme in Seth's work these days seems to be small. In the marketing seminar, we talk about the smallest viable audience, and Marie Schott has shared ideas about taking the smallest step into whatever possibility that you're imagining. And so this mm -hmm. idea of going small is really uh, is, is a really profound and powerful one. So give us a little bit of your backstory. How did you come to enter this field of, of telling better stories? Well, I, you know, you, the creative on purpose sort of moniker got me thinking about how I've been creative on purpose. I never had a label of being a creative uh, growing up. Um, I grew up in a house without any books, but that didn't mean there weren't any stories. I grew up in Dublin, which is the storytelling capital of the world. And people there are hardwired to understand your story, want to know your story, ask you a question about your story, and to listen to other people's stories. So I grew up around stories in the oral tradition. But it's interesting when I was thinking about coming and speaking to you and to the people who are on this uh, call, I was thinking about our creative journey timeline and how we would think about that you know if we're not labeled as creatives and when I think about mine I think about sitting with crayons at the dining room table and 
um, being excited to go to school where there was a sand pit and making costumes and doing Irish dancing and playing the accordion and uh, baking, all of these things that I didn't know were creative pursuits, but clearly were. Um, and I think if we go back to our origin stories and start working on our creative timeline, we'll realize just how wildly creative uh, on purpose we really were. Love it. Um, what would you, so uh, you, you mentioned your, your family and um, your being surrounded by story as a child, but were there any particular moments or teachers or times in your life where you really felt like you got some benefit into the the insights that you're sharing now or that you've that you've crafted into the insights that you're sharing now particular individuals or particular moments that made you think that this is this is how stories should be told and this is how I can help people tell better stories uh I think what I'd like to talk about is the value of stories and our internal narratives and a story, a couple of stories from my life, which are the stories of my parents who both grew up in families of 11 children. Uh, they both grew up poor. They didn't have a lot of money because their 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 parents, they, they were single parent families because their parents were widowed, whichever parent was widowed. Um, my mother at the age of 14 had to go to work and she told her mom she wanted to go to a sewing factory and because she was creative. She didn't have that label as a creative. And her mother said, you know, that there's a job here at this factory, a candy factory, where you've got to stand on the assembly line for eight hours a day. And that's what she did. Uh, mm. She hated it. She went there the day after her 14th birthday and stayed there till she was 18 and she hated every moment of it but when she got to the point in her life where she could make choices she did things like that that seemed to be natural to her like baking or um, sewing or knitting those kinds of things my father you'll be interested to know uh, is a guitarist he left school at age 13 he again did all kinds of different jobs that just brought in a brown envelope at the end of the week but he taught himself to play guitar even though he couldn't read very well and he can't read music but he learned to play guitar and one of my abiding memories is of my dad playing at the side of our bedroom as we're trying to go to sleep uh, practicing because he had a gig at the weekend so um, I guess I, I've forgotten those lessons until and, and those stories until I thought about coming here and speaking to you, Scott. And, and I think that's the value of stories is that we remember where we came from, we remember our strengths, and then we can use those as a jumping off point to do the work that we are born to do. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, so what are some of the, the the ways that you have crafted that are helping people in both your books and in the Story Skills Workshop? What are some, just a couple of ideas or takeaways or tools that you've crafted that will help people get in touch with their storytelling nature, but also lean into trying to develop themselves as storytellers? 
Well, I think the simplest one is to describe what a story is. And so we've helped people in the workshop to understand that a story is uh, a person or a character in a situation faced with a choice. And then what they do in that situation based with those choices helps them to learn something about themselves or the world or changes their worldview. So if you think about Toy Story or any of the Pixar movies, they're the best examples uh, of stories of a character in a situation faced with a choice. And that's us. We are everyday characters in a situation faced with choices. And what we do in those situations tells us something about ourselves. So stories also have a beginning, a middle and end. And something particular happens at the beginning uh, and in the middle and at the end of the story. So in the workshop, we've been helping people to understand that at the start of the story, you need to engage the audience. In the middle, you need to show the challenge. And at the end, by the end of the story, you need to show some kind of change that's happened. And all of those events are interconnected. Okay. And it's been really, really amazing to see students go from telling huge stories about their entire lives to then distilling it down to a defining moment where they made a choice and that, that provides a lesson that they can share with others and provide a takeaway that will help the people that they're telling the story uh, improve their lives with. What are some of your favorite stories of all time? Uh, you know, let's go back to our workshop when we talk about stories. One of my favorite stories in the workshop was from Anne, who talked about being in the car with her son, who is um, who's a teenager, and trying to make some kind of connection with him, and how she did that. And, you know, what she said she was overwhelmed with her big story, but when she narrowed it down to this little story, she learned something about herself. So, you know, we can talk about favorite stories of all time. My, some of my favorite uh, authors have been people like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm. When I was a kid, I just read everything she wrote because, you know, I was a kid in a, in a, in a box bedroom in Dublin, and yet she transported me to a place that I never dreamt that I could uh, belong or visit she just took me right into that moment in the cabin in the snow. Incredible uh, storytelling. Um, what are your some some of your favorite stories of all well, time? It's, it's it's interesting that you mention um, Wilder because my wife read the our our two boys all of the books yeah. and uh, even some of the ones that are not as well known. So like Winter Time is coming, so we'll be putting out. The, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there's one about. Uh, a boy in a, a wagon or a barn or something. Um, I, I always, as a child, was really drawn to things like the Wizard of Earthsea and the, the Tolkien trilogy and The Hobbit and things like that. We read the boys, the Narnia series, very oftentimes. So I, I always gravitated towards those kind of hero journey type of tales. But then I got interested in in history and so it was biography and then I was reading about real life figures engaged in some sort of hero's journey and for me it was always um, my favorite book of all time is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius because when I read that I hear a man talking to himself and reminding himself and and trying to develop himself and speaking to himself 
in the same way that I speak to myself. And so, you know, we're separated by eons and eons and eons, yet I still had this connection to somebody that was the emperor of Rome and the, you know, the most powerful figure in, in the ancient world in his time. And I think that leads me to the question of dealing with, um, you know, part of the things that we uh, discovered in, in working together in the workshop, but things that I've thought about for a long time is dealing with the stories that we tell ourselves. The stories that we tell others are obviously intended to bring about some sort of change and benefit the people that we're telling them to. But we also all walk around with this storyteller in our own head that's telling us stories about ourselves. Any thoughts about how your approach to storytelling can help us with that? Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still working on that myself. <laughs> so let's talk about creative journey. You know, I coming here taught me to remember all of the stuff that I knew about myself as a kid until I got to school uh, and loved art in high school. And they told me, you can't draw people, which I can't for toffee. I cannot do life drawing. So therefore you cannot go to art college. Mm. And that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to go to art school. And so I never applied to go to art school. And that voice was always in the back of my head. And, you know, I've written eight books, Scott, but I didn't, I didn't really know I could write. Uh, nobody ever told me that I could write or that my words could connect with people deeply, uh, except for the fact that until I put them out there and people emailed me and said, your words have connected with me deeply. So <laughs> I think part of, part of it is having the courage not to listen to the voice in our head, which has been primed by other people, mm -hmm. uh, maybe with the best intentions, teachers who did not want to see you failing, uh, you know, don't apply to art school because you're not going to get in. Um, and getting over that and just trying and testing our ideas and putting them out there into the world. You know, I see people like... Austin Cleon is, I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this under, has, has come into contact with his work. Uh, James Victory, these guys who are out there talking about being vulnerable and being brave and just getting up and doing the work every day, even though it's it can be tough. Really, really interesting. Your story about being discouraged by people that cared about you to, to for applying to art school reminds me of the many times I was discouraged from pursuing any kind of musical endeavor period never mind a career as a musician um, and and it's always interesting to me to hear stories like that and how people uh, either push through that or in some cases people you know struggle with it for a very long time um, for me it always made me feel more determined than ever to 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 pursue something that I desperately loved, even though I was not getting a whole lot of encouragement to doing it. But that's at the heart of what we're talking about. We all have this ability. Uh, we all have the storyteller inside ourselves that's telling us stories, but we have this ability to cultivate the craft of storytelling and to change the stories that we're telling uh, not, not become better storytellers, but also change the kind of stories that we're telling others and ourselves. So what would be some of the your key uh, tips for 
how we improve at the craft of storytelling? Uh, how we improve at the craft is to start noticing stories all around us every day. That's part of it. Uh, great storytellers are great noticers. And we, we think that our best ideas and our best stories come from other people, come from other people's websites, they come from books or whatever it might be, somewhere outside of ourselves. Our best stories come from our own lives. There's a great uh, storyteller at the Moth uh, who, who has participated at the Moth uh, who has a podcast called Speak Up Stories called Matthew Dix. And he said he has this um, piece which he calls Homework for Life, where he what he does every night is think about a story worthy moment from his day. And we all have story worthy moments in our days if we care to look for them, but we don't do it. So that's I think become a great noticer is the biggest tip I can give people. Yeah, that's really profound. It reminds me of something I've heard Seth say in podcasts where when somebody says, what do you do for a living? He says, well, I notice things and then I tell people about them. <laughs> um, and it is really important. I mean, you have to be engaged with life in order to have stories to tell and you have to be paying attention. And then uh, it's through the act of just, you know, telling telling stories every day and, and doing that with some degree of intention, I think. Um, and the other thing that was really interesting to me in, with the workshop is how some people struggled with writing their story, but when if they were to simply turn on a, a, a microphone or a camera and treat it as the audience, they were able to speak their story. Uh, and so there's lots of different ways to, you know, lots of different mediums for storytelling. What what are some of the the the, the moments that that you see in the workshop where people had those kind of breakthroughs just by changing either the way they were telling stories or the medium that they were using. Yeah, that's a great observation, Scott. Uh, part of it, part of it was some people want to, some people are writers when they come and they they want to write great prose. But often great prose isn't what connects if you have to present to an audience or just communicate your idea on the stage. Some people are really comfortable behind the camera. Some people are not so comfortable behind the camera. So it's about working out what your strengths are, number one, working out who your audience is, what the message you want to convey is, and then not giving up on the best medium to reach them. Uh, just practicing and that's what we found the more people practiced the better they got and the more they discovered about their strengths and the strength of their story and the insight that they had and they wanted to convey to other people yeah important to remember that the first story we tell is probably not going to be the best story we ever tell um but the the the, the best one is always just a, another story away what uh, one of the most powerful things in any Seth Godin workshop, but in story in particular, was is the community, the people that we are on this journey with to becoming better storytellers and the people that we are telling our story and sharing our stories with who are providing feedback. What's how did how did you see that playing out in the workshop? But I'd also be curious just 
in your own writing, in your own craft, what's the role and who are the people that you are sharing your ideas and your stories with in order to help you see what you don't see and, and to get better uh, at telling the story that you're currently telling? Yeah, well, for in my practice as a storyteller, uh, I, I am very similar to Seth. I, my job is to notice things I see in the world and tell people about them. And it's interesting uh, when you put your ideas out there, people will give you feedback. So people come back to you and tell you what resonates. So you know if you're on the right track to telling them a story that resonates with them. So I am lucky to have built a really fabulous community of people who, as you are, sign up for updates or want to, want to hear from me. And that's helped me to understand the kind of stories that they need to hear and to be on the lookout for them. And in terms of community in, in the workshop, uh, it's been wonderful to see how, you know, empathy, empathy works and reflecting back to people what you see in their stories, something that they maybe hadn't seen in mm. their story, something that you got from it. And that's the, that's the other thing about storytelling. People get different things from uh, different stories or different things from the same story. Right. Well, it's it's always interesting to see how you can have this motivation and intention behind the story you're telling, and then you see different people interpret that story differently, you know, because they're perceiving it through their own filters, experiences, and beliefs. And it's a fascinating practice, and not just the value of story as um as service, but also just the, the ideas of recipro reciprocity and uh, perspective and how we can, you know, stories help us not only better understand each other, but they help us better understand ourselves and, and help us yep. reflect back and work on ourselves. So I have one of my favorite questions to ask guests such as yourself who are really successful in the endeavor that they're currently working on is at some point, I am sure, maybe at many points, maybe even earlier today, you had a moment where there was a challenge or a struggle. Maybe you had experienced a failure or felt that you made a mistake. And of course, we can always reframe these things. But what's a moment in your career, in, the, in your journey as a storyteller or as a teacher, where you really felt like you had made a mistake or had experienced a significant failure? And what did you do to use that as an opportunity to do better work? Uh, you know, it's what the biggest failure of mine as a storyteller is a personal story. Um, and it's a hard story to tell, but I lost my brother when he was 31. And when he was uh, terminally ill in hospital, I approached his doctor with, along with his wife and uh, asked for a review of his treatment because uh, he he was clearly not going to get well and we were thinking about palliative care and and the doctor at that point said to us um, that it wasn't helpful to be questioning his treatment at that time and that's my biggest storytelling failure because I didn't tell a good enough story to uh, enable my brother to have the kind of care that I I know he deserved at the end of his life. Um, and 
also losing him at that stage has is what's really spurred me on he's he's been dead for 20 years but that's really spurred me on to to think that I you know we can't waste a moment Scott yeah. there's there is just no better time than today and our mutual friend and colleague Seth Godin has a wonderful uh he, this is my favorite quote from Seth of all time and he tells it to me every every day which is you don't need more time you just need to decide <laughs> and um you know if i if i was ever to have a tattoo that would be what i would tattoo on my arm so that's a good i like that maybe i'm going to get a just decide tattooed on the inside of my forearm and when i'm wondering what to do i'll just <laughs> take a look well that's a, a powerful story and uh, and of course i'm sorry for your brother's loss but what i love about what you just shared is you know we have this ability to not only decide but we we can choose the, we can re reframe situations so that we are making choices that are not reactions, but but are instead stepping into a possibility. So the death of your brother becomes an opportunity for you to think about what's meaningful in life and to live life fully in the present moment and to do work that's that's done with and for others in order to make things better for yourself and, and everybody else. And I'm certainly grateful um, for the work that you're you're doing with uh, us in the akimbo workshops it also reminds me of my favorite favorite uh, i mentioned marcus aurelius and i keep this quote of his top of mind which is um think of yourself as dead you have lived your life now take the rest and live it properly and it's uh that's my motivation every day to do the best i can with what with the situation that I find myself in and to, to do that with and for the people that I care about. So we are approaching the uh, end of our time together, but I wanted to just a couple quick, um, more lighthearted questions. How about a favorite meal or a favorite book? Oh, favorite book. Oh, that's so difficult, but I would have to say it's Purple Cow by Seth because it was such a cat catalyst in my life for the work that I do today. It was my introduction to Seth Godin and he's been a huge influence on my life as I know he has been on yours. So yeah, it has, has to be that one. Um, if I'm thinking about fiction, Oh, anything by the Irish writers, uh, Brooklyn, Column to Bean, um, anything by Kevin Barry, uh, mm. anything by Roddy Doyle, where they're just incredible storytellers who bring you into the moment with real life people. Love it. So how about a favorite meal? Favorite meal? Oh, if, if, is chocolate a meal? Sure. <laughs> That's my favorite food. I can't live without chocolate. I have to have chocolate yeah, every day, Scott. I, I, I live with somebody that shares that affinity for sure. Well, I would love to end with the, the question that I ask at the end of each interview of my guests. And that's if you could share just one tip or piece of advice that you could leave with the listeners and the viewers that would help them step into possibility and fly higher in whatever endeavor or enterprise they seek to make a difference with, what would that be? Um, your stories are your roots and they are also your wings and they make you stronger. 
So uh, look to yourself and notice what's going on in your life, in your world, and go and tell better stories. Wow. So know thyself. I love the, 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 the stories are your roots because it could be R-O-O-T-S or R-O-U-T-E-S. So very good advice. Bernadette G. was so great to be speaking with you. And we want to thank, of course, everybody that's tuning in here to the live broadcast. And also we, in addition to appreciate you lending us your time and attention, which we know is valuable. We hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Bernadette Jiwa at the Story of Telling. And Bernadette, where can people learn more about the Story Skills Workshop? It's the storyskillsworkshop.com. Fantastic. And of course, it's always great to see you at Creative on Purpose as well. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Bernadette Jiwa, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thanks, Scott. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>